Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, I'm George Cup, And I'm Callum Gurr. And you're about to listen to the podcast version of To Be Discussed with Cup and Gur. Please note that this is a podcast, so it's not a live broadcast. So please do not try to vote in any of the polls or send in messages to any of our discussions as your message will not be registered, but you may still be charged. Also, please note that not all of the opinions expressed in this podcast are our actual opinions, but may be expressed to create a better discussion. Anyway, enjoy the podcast and don't miss our live broadcast every Sunday on Wizard Radio Station. This is To Be Discussed with Cup and Gur, a show that proves that different political opinions do not have to end in feuds and the breakdown of friendships. My name is George Cup, and I'll be joined by my co-host and political opposite, Callum Gur. Good evening, everybody. That's right, George is a hardline Brexiteer and true blue conservative, whereas I'm a Lib Dem and Ramona. But despite these different standpoints, we are still good friends. Tonight we'll be asking, has 2019 been a positive year? What was the most shocking moment of 2019? And finally, will you be going out to celebrate New Year's Eve? With each of these discussions being accompanied by polls, which you have the chance to vote on at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. And these discussions will be open until the end of the song break between each topic. 
But first, last week we asked you guys to send in your opinions on the following question. What will your New Year's resolution be? And as always, you guys have been inundating us with all of your opinions. But our first one comes in in from Shannon and she says in 2020 I want to survive my GCSEs yes you heard that right not pass them just survive them I really struggled with my, with my GCSEs this past year I just think that it's so stressful because there are so there are more topics than you have time to revise for I hope I do as well as possible in the exams but more important i hope that i actually get to the other end of them because i can't keep up with the stress this is probably the hardest thing i've ever done in my life well callum what what, what do you think about that were your GCSEs that hard i didn't personally find them massively stressful but um <clears throat> probably at, at the time maybe i did i think it's all relative to what you're doing at that particular time yeah. like um what well, you know when i was um working in in social media last year um i used to be coming home from work really stressed about oh god what if that post doesn't end up going up like i'll be in loads of trouble everyone's <laughs> going to notice and and you kind of realize when you get out of that context you realize how unimportant some things are not to say of course that shannon's gcse's aren't important but what i'm saying is that the stress is always much more kind of apparent to you when you're immediately living that moment as such. And and one thing I would say to Shannon is that you will survive them. You will get through them. And, and if you put in um, as much effort as you can, then you'll get the results you want as such. Um, so so I, I'd say just kind of, hang in there really i mean do you have anything else to say george well i mean i wasn't um the biggest academic when i was at school i didn't do very well with my gccs i mean i passed them but i didn't do i wasn't the most outstanding student going um but and at the time like you said kind of it it can be incredibly stressful and incredibly uh worrying about how how well your gccs are going to go because at the time you think the gccs are the thing that's going to get you on in life and, and help you you further in your education and your future career possibly um but shannon i would also say that if you don't get the results from your gcc that you hope to get it don't worry because it's not the end of the road there are so many different opportunities out there for you to go and do um even if you don't get um the gccs that you were hoping for i mean i can tell you now there are inc incredibly successful people out there that don't have the best gccs um and they've been incredibly done very well in, in what they've gone and gone on to do um so don't don't put too much stress on yourself i mean absolutely put put work into it but just don't put too much pressure and stress on yourself because you won't do yourself um any good if you do that but ultimately the thing i would say shannon is have the best of luck um to this coming year and i'm sure that you will absolutely smash it yeah, yeah i completely echo what george said there uh moving on to our next opinion it's from jason jason said and this actually rings true of me as well uh, in 2020, <laughs> I want to pass my driving test after as few driving lessons as possible. As possible, I turned 17 in January, so I'm going to start driving lessons, and I just really can't wait to to get my driving lessons, get a car, and start driving. I've wanted this for as long as I can remember. I'm planning to take my driving lessons uh, tests, sorry, 
after like six or seven lessons if I can get to grips with it fast enough. That's my big aim for the first couple of months of next year. I mean, one thing I'd say immediately is, Jason, get your theory booked in as soon as possible. But do actually revise for it because the theory is not as easy as people think. I mean, do you, what do you think of that, George? Yeah, um, I, I remember being uh, turning 17 and, and wanting to get my uh, driver's license as soon as I could. Um, and, you know, I had got my provisional and I, I couldn't wait to start my lessons and get out there. But Callum is absolutely right. You've got to make sure that you get your uh, practical booked in because it gets booked up very quickly. Um, and also you have to revise for it. I mean, Callum and I have got a friend of ours that sat his, um, his theory <laughs> probably about eight times, I think it was. I mean, that's a lot of times to set your theory. Um, but it's, it, it is that big step of, of, having that independence being able to get in your own car going driving and stuff and um i mean i absolutely love driving it's, it's i did it i passed i think within five months of, of starting lessons or something um but if you absolutely if you set your expectations to to pass in a certain amount of time then i think you should be able to do it um just don't kind of be disappointed if you can't do it in that time that you've set yourself because there is a lot to learn with um, I know it's quite easy, but once you're on there, all the things that you have to do in the practical to make sure you pass the test it is um, quite hard. I mean, Callum, you're you're in a better place to talk about this than I am because you're currently learning to drive and everything. And obviously, the new regulations with you have to follow a sat nav and stuff have now come in. So, is that do you, do you find that from is it harder than what you previously did when you had to learn to drive? Uh, I actually think it's it's easier. Maybe it's that me me personally, I'm obviously much more mature than I was. And maybe I'm actually now ready to drive. Whereas maybe when I was originally doing it, when I I just turned um, seventeen, um, maybe I wasn't particularly ready and I wasn't mature enough to do it. But but I find it kind of easier. I, I find the sat nav not particularly hard i actually think that's easier than following road signs anyway um but i also find that the maneuvers are a bit easier in many senses yeah um because they've now got one where effectively all you have to do is pull over to the right hand side of the road um and then reverse back and then drive off when they tell you to um so i don't find that a particularly challenging maneuver um but it's obviously different for different people but um yeah, yeah i mean I, I, as george said though you might not necessarily do it as quick i think six or seven lessons to me seems like a a very very few amount of lessons might have to rejudge your expectations there just so you're not disappointed yeah unless you did um unless jason was thinking about doing one of those i can't remember what it is like but one of those quick Crash courses course ones, where you yeah. can do it in a that's the one yeah um because the crash course ones are good but because they teach you in a very short amount of time um but you know they work for some people and don't for others yeah um right okay so our next opinion comes in from becky and she says i want to start my career next year i'm in the first year of my a levels but i know i don't want to go to university so i'm trying to figure out what i want to do i don't really want to wait over a year to finish my a levels and then start my career so i want to spend some time next year starting my career so that i'm in a really good position for when i finish college in 2021 i think i may do hairdressing so i might start learning how to do that and get a part-time job 
for after college. Well, kind of when you were doing the International Baccalaureate, which is practically A levels, um, were you already started to plan your, about your future? <laughs> no, not particularly. I've got to say, I mean, <laughs> hats off to Becky because um, she's obviously showing a, a level of maturity that I didn't have. Um, I mean, I guess it was slightly different because I, I did plan on um, going to university um, and, you know, I did secure my place fairly quickly at university. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't particularly thinking about it, but I think it's a really good thing to start thinking about because a lot of people, especially when they end up going to university, don't have a blooming clue or a think about or oh, how's this going to get me a job. Or, and things like that so I think it's really good that Becky's really thinking about it and you know ha- hairdressing is a bit of a family trade of mine because um uh, my nan is a trained hairdresser my auntie is still uh, a hairdresser she's got her own business and my uh my brother even um went and worked in my auntie's salon back when she well worked in a salon um so so you know it's a great trade to get in Becky's and best of luck to you what did you think George yeah I I think it definitely is a very mature place to be and and I I think in a day and age where um so much pressure is put on students now to to go to university really good to see that there are still people that actually sit there and say no I don't want to go to university I want to start making a career for myself and possibly going into a business on myself and I, and I think that is really really good and positive to do Becky um, and you should be very proud of that um, hairdressing absolutely is a, is a fantastic thing to get into um, it's a very social thing you can have a little chat and stuff and um, it's it's one of those things that I, I mean with the college, I'm guessing with college. Uh, no, no, you're not. You're not. You're doing A levels. I I don't know whether you have to go to college or not to do hairdressing. I've got no idea. Um, or where you have to have um qualifications. But um, it's it's definitely something to get into. And it's one of those things that once you start getting into, it's, it, you can really start progressing in in your own career. Um, and I think when people choose to go to university, I, I know I've got friends that wanted to go to university because they had absolutely no idea what to do, and university was an extra three years to allow them to think about what they were going to actually do in the future um so being able to be in that situation at the age that you are whilst doing a levels i think that's very good because i mean when i was doing um the ib i didn't really i had some idea i I wanted to go into the police i mean i'm not in the police but still um (laughs) i wanted to go into the police um but it's just one of those things and well done becky for uh for doing that and all to all of those that are sitting exams and everything, which is actually all of them, GCSEs, driving tests and A-levels. Um, we both wish you the best of luck in this upcoming year. Yeah, yeah, best, um, best of luck. Absolutely. Right, so remember, we will be announcing what the question will be for you to send in your opinions on at the end of tonight's show. So make sure you're ready for that, for the chance to be featured in this segment of next week's show. But it is now time for the first on break of the evening. We'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So time to move on to our second discussion of this evening. And we are asking the question, has 2019 been a positive year? So 2019 has obviously seen 
many, many ups and downs. Uh, from the fall of Theresa May in a UK context to the rise and rebirth, really, of Boris Johnson, uh, Joe Swinson, Jeremy Corbyn and Nigel Farage, to a certain extent, have all been victims of 2019, too. But what we want to take a different spin on this and talk about whether or not 2019 on the whole has been positive, whether that's to you personally, for the country as a whole, or maybe even for the world as a whole, uh, with the growth, really, of a global environmental movement. But before I pose that question to you lovely listeners, I've got to pose it to George. So, George, do you think 2019 has been a positive year? Well, uh, that's it's such a, a large question, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's, I, I, I'm going to, as because I'm selfish, I'm um i think 2019 for me personally has been a has been a positive year i mean there has been some downs but i think the majority of, of what i've experienced over this year has been um positives i've um been lucky enough to be in a career that i love um that i got elected as a councillor this year um i got to be um a candidate at the general elections campaign director um i've been on different outings and and the the, the whole year has been uh, fantastic it really really has um and and i think 2019 is one of the one of the best years I think I've had really for a very long time um, in terms of positive things and actually feeling like I'm, I'm um, kind of year properly out of university, properly in employment and properly being able to set where I want to go in my life and, and set where um, I think this career is going and, and what I want to do with myself. Um, and as such, I would say 2019 is positive as a whole for the whole country if we look at it like that i would say 2019 again in my own personal opinion believe it or not i would say has been a positive year i think the start of the year was very rough going um with with brexit not getting delivered in january and then having the european um elections then having the uprise of brexit it all started i'll be honest the, the start of 2019 for me politically and, and and in as a country i thought this is not going to look good for us this is going to be very disastrous and we're just going to keep pedaling along and not go anywhere um and then Theresa May stepped down and I, I was very sad about that. Um, and then I helped run Jeremy Hunt's leadership campaign. He lost. So I was very sad about that. Um, and then Boris Johnson came in. And as everyone knows, who is a regular listener of the show, I'm not the biggest fan of Boris Johnson. I'm not a fully paid out member to the Boris Johnson fan club. Um, but he has been able to bring a conservative majority in a general election and he has definitely started the ball rolling to as he puts it get brexit done um and i think as that it has been it, we can say that 2019 towards the end of it has been positive because finally we we are starting the process of allowing this country to stop those divisions to to have that um bring those people together and, and unite as a country again which i think should be incredibly positive and we should be going out of 2019 being very optimistic about what 2020 can bring but callum um how has 2019 been for you personally but also as as a whole as well if you look politically as well i mean the lib dems 
unfortunately didn't get that stonky majority that they were obviously hoping for. And Joe Swinson wasn't uh, prime minister, as she put on her leaflets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was always a, um, a very unlikely thing to happen, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of 2019 being a positive year for me personally, I'd say it has been, yes. Um, I'm now, I'd, I'd say, much more on track in terms of my career. I'm, I'm studying um, journalism at the University of Kent, um, having a, a really great time doing that. Um, so, so that's been a really positive development for me. Um, obviously, in terms of this show, we've managed to keep ourselves on it. So, so that's always a good thing. Um, and, and just I'm feeling um, much more content in, within myself than I was at, at maybe this point last year. Um, so I think that's all, always a really, really positive thing. In terms of the country, um, I, I think we are obviously, I, I'm, on the one hand, I'm kind of glad that Brexit really for all intensive purposes is now going to be over very shortly, um, because it becomes after a certain point soon, relatively irreversible unless you are looking at kind of rejoining the eu completely um and although obviously everyone knows and i'm on record as saying that's not my preference i'm quite glad about the fact that it's not going to drag on for years and years and years as george said as it would have done under Theresa may no doubt um but i do think we are facing a really worrying time um as a country as a world um where it does seem that more kind of extreme ideologies or, or further to the opposite poles ideologies seems to win elections um but yeah. also i think we have to accept the fact that that is what the electorate of every country pretty much is wanting um, and it and it does say that we can't kind of go back to that kind of beige centrism of of the past. Um, but but in, in terms of whether or not I think 2019 has been a positive year for for the UK, um, I'm much more on the fence on that one, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so when you say you've had a positive year personally. Yeah. What do you think has been the biggest contrast for you from 2018 to 2019? Why do you think there was, did you do something differently in this year than you did last year? Um, oh, it's a very good question. Um, have I done anything differently as such? I, I just think I've tried to not get as stressed and uh, focusing on really minute things um that now I did last year but I think last year um maybe because of where I was in terms of my career and having uh, a pretty long commute really that basically meant I didn't have a a life on 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 weekdays in in many ways um I think I felt lonely at this point last year um and I, I really did throughout that entire time to a certain extent when I was having that uh, longer commute and I think now towards the end of 2019 that has changed and I don't have that really long commute and I 
and I do have a life again on on weekdays, although I do work very hard for my um, for my masters. Um, I think because of that, um, it, it means that that's the difference between my 2019 and 2018. Is there anything that you've done differently, George? Um, well, I first just want to say, um, quickly highlight a new calendar that I think this year you have, you are a lot more positive. Um, and I think you, from an outsider's point of view, looking onto yourself, Callum, I think you are, um, a lot more optimistic about everything and you are definitely as well, you believe in yourself a lot more, um, which I think is a massive change of what, um, I've seen. Um, and I think that that's definitely a big help as to why 2019 has been a better year for you as well. Um, for for me, I think 2019 is a completely different year because last year I w- was kind of lost. I didn't really know where I was going in my life. Um, I just had got a job with um, with well the boss that I have right now, but I still it wasn't really a job that I didn't really know where it was going. It was kind of a job because he felt sorry for me. I didn't really get it on credit or, or or well no i did but well, i was going to say was don't play yourself you down george there i think you did um get it on 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 merit yeah um and it's 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 something that i've definitely grown into and and this year has allowed me to grow and, and i am in a much better position with my mindset and where i want to go in the future and i think that definitely helps and i think it helps being um because i had a very long stage of being unemployed in in 2018 um and that definitely doesn't do your self-confidence any good when you apply for loads of jobs and that you just constantly get turned down um but there is always something around the corner and if you can make it work then um good on you really and and i luckily was able to make it work and as such 2019 has been a positive year yeah and um how do you think this poll is going to be do you think our listeners are going to have had or view 2019 as positive I hope so. I really do. I, I hope that people have been able to view 2019 as, as a positive year. I think it will be uh, 60% yes and 40% no. Do, what, do you think similar? Or? Um, yeah, I'd say 75% of people will say it's been positive. 25% say it's been, well, negative, I guess. Um, right, it's now time for you guys to vote on that poll. Uh, so that question is, has 2019 been a positive year? You can do that with radio.co.uk forward slash listen and we'll be back very soon hello and welcome back to to be discussed so before the break we ask the question has 2019 been a positive year and to find out results to that poll head over to our twitter page that's at Wiz Radio. Right, okay, so let's move on to our third discussion of this evening. And we're asked the question, what was the most shocking moment of 2019? So as Callum and I have already just gone over, there has been some positive moments, but also as the year has gone on, there has been some very, very shocking moments that people were not expecting at all. Um, I mean, there were moments, as as highlighted from Callum's introduction, Theresa May stepping down. I think that was quite a shock to some people and also maybe quite hurrah to others. Um, but out of the following, which one would you say was the most shocking to you in 2019? So the start of Donald Trump's impeachment, the growth of Extinction Rebellion, 
or the Conservatives winning a majority at the last general election. Um, and this time around, we're not going to allow you to have the other option because other always seems to do very well. So we're not going to allow you to have that. We're only allowed you to answer the uh, the ones that we want you to answer. Um, but before I allow you guys to answer it, I've got to throw it over to our lovely uh, Callum Gurr. So Callum, what are your thoughts? I just love the way we're disenfranchising people, getting rid of their <laughs> option for other. Uh, <laughs> no, like a socialist. I, I think for me the most shocking moment is that growth of Extinction Rebellion, um, and I think it's because it's all been so theatrical. The rise of Extinction Rebellion, really. I mean, they kind of came out of nowhere. It, um, this point last year, who would have ever heard of Extinction Rebellion? I don't think I had, or certainly I hadn't long heard of them um, at this point last year. Um, and they've they've really you know suddenly become almost synonymous with um, the green movement, the environmental movement. Um, so I think they deserve immense credit for that. Um, but also I think the one of the reasons why they've been their rise has been so shocking is because of their tactics. And their tactics have had a habit of let's um, spin it positively and say really starting a conversation. Uh, about the best way um, of um, effectively um, ensuring that environmentalism is on the agenda of politicians and, and of the public. Um, and if we look at some of those things we saw um, when they were targeting the tube um, and where um, some of their protesters were actually physically dragged off of um, a train carriage that they'd climbed on top of, um, by angry commuters, um, you know, that was a really, really shocking um, moment. And it has almost made their their 2019 really um, positive on one hand, but also kind of negative, because perhaps there is an argument that they've begun to alienate some people, though I, I'm sure that a lot of Extinction Rebellion activists would say, well, that their point isn't to really win over loads of people because actually Extinction Rebellion, a lot of the groups within it, because it's more of a coalition of groups, but a lot of those groups within it actually want to see a kind of more um, more anarchical society. Um, and, and certainly they want to see this breakdown of of capitalism, which they say feeds this this beast that is climate change and the climate emergency. Um, but I'd say for me, that's been the most shocking thing is that growth of the Extinction Rebellion. Um, wh what do you think, George? Yeah, I um, I do think Extinction Rebellion is definitely up there. Um, and it's it it's incredibly interesting how they have come around and everything and, and the, the process that they've gone through to get themselves known. Um, and you quite rightly say about how, how they and then look at them now. They've been probably one of the biggest uh, headline absorbers there have been on the, on the news. They've nearly had every headline going with the, the works that they've done. Um, and it has been a bit controversial some of the things that they've done but at the end of the day they've got a message out there and they've been able to spread the message i mean politically we've seen the the green party grow in strength where people have supported them we saw it in the european elections and also uh, the local elections and even to a degree in the national elections um and it is definitely a movement that is 
is coming with strength. Um, and it has made every single party in, I think, most countries really, especially in our country, um, turn to looking after the, our, our world. And you, on every single manifesto, you saw that, um, they pay, there was massive attention towards climate change and everything. Um, but for me personally, I think the biggest uh shock for me was the conservatives winning a majority um because i can tell you now it was not something that i was expecting i mean i said it when we were doing the predictions of the general election on a previous radio show before the general election i think i said that we would have a minority government or even there would be a labor government coming in um i mean callum predicted it rightly um but i i was very shocked because i was not expecting it um, even to the down to where I was standing at the polling stations and people were queuing up outside. And I genuinely was standing there thinking, we have lost this because when there's normally a high turnout, the Conservatives don't normally do as well. Um, and also the, the people that were coming were quite young people. Um, and normally when that happens, it means that we're going to lose. And also there was, for some reason, there was a lot of nurses coming out and a lot of healthcare assistants, a lot of teachers. And generally those people are normally, um, labor supporters. And again, that just, um, made me come to the conclusion that the conservatives are not going to win this and, and we were, uh, going to lose this dreadfully. Um, and also my boss was going to lose his seat. And as such, I was going to lose my job. Um, but I, we were, I still remember we were sitting there at dinner, um, at 10 o'clock when the exit poll came out and I was sitting next to my boss and the, uh, uh, exit poll came out. And I can tell you now the, the jaws just dropped because we were not expecting to see that exit poll and to see the majority that could have happened. And it did happen. Um, so, yeah, for me, that is definitely, definitely um, one of the reasons that the Conservative winning majority was the most shocking moment of 2019. But, Callum, why do you think some people might go for the start of Donald Trump's impeachment? Yeah, I mean, obviously, that is massive, really, um, I, I think, to happen. Um, I think it's only... Uh, well, I mean, impeachment, the process has started on a few U.S. presidents, but I think it's only ever been yeah. completed on one or two. Um, so yes. it, it's obviously and given, you know, there's quite a, a lot of presidents there have been. Um, that is quite it shows that this is quite a rare occurrence. Um, and, and obviously, when we say the process has begun, what we mean is that in the House of Representatives, the the charges have been brought forward and that house is controlled by the democrats and so i.e not trump's party uh, and they they've brought these articles of impeachment forward and and they've they've passed because they voted main broadly along party lines now what happens is um in i think it's in january um the next process happens and it's brought to the senate now the senate is controlled by the republicans um, so it seems unlikely, um, and that's probably one of the reasons why I have not plumped for that as my actual most shocking moment of, of 2019, because it seems unlikely that this will actually result in Donald Trump being removed from office, because if impeachment were to pass, that is what would happen. Um, yeah. And, and just kind of going back to why it is to anyone who's unclear on why Donald Trump is potentially facing impeachment. Um, it's because uh, he is accused of uh, essentially of 
improperly using his office of President of the United States and Commander in Chief of the um, American Armed Forces and, and things like that. He, he's in, he accused him of improperly using that to um, coerce Ukraine into disclosing information on, I think it's on Joe Biden's son, i.e. Joe Biden yep. is, is standing for the Democrats' nomination for president. So he'd be his direct opponent, potentially, um, in the next uh, presidential election in 2020. Um, so obviously trying to use his position to, to dig up dirt on an opponent is a very, very dodgy and grey area. Um, and it does seem, based upon the evidence we've seen so far, it seems that there's definitely a case that he did do this. Um, so I, I think, you know, that is rather shocking. And maybe if this was against a president who has been less of a dramatic figure than Donald Trump, maybe I would be saying that that the fact that they've been accused of that, let alone the impeachment process has started, that could be considered really shocking. Um, but I just yeah. think because it's Donald Trump, it's almost no one really battered an eyelid at it and you know it's probably not going to affect his support amongst his supporters massively um i mean do, do you think yeah. there's a case that that's the most shocking moment i definitely think there is a case now, depending on what audience we were asking if we were obviously asking an american audience they would definitely vote for that um and i think because we've had such a, a different political climate here with with everything that's been going on there hasn't been that much attention with it whereas if we were in a stable period with with nothing going on this would be massive headlines everywhere but i think it hasn't been the attention hasn't been drawn to it as much as possibly it would have been um if everything was okay here really um and I think you make a really interesting point about how if Trump wasn't the big, uh, I don't know, character that he is, then it would become as more a shock. And I think in a weird way, it's kind of worrying. And I'm not having to go at you, Callum, because I think the same thing. Um, I think it's kind of worrying that because he's such a character and such a um, uh, a marmite character when he when things like this come out it's kind of like we just shrug it off and go oh well you know he's, he's a bit naughty but he'll learn and it's kind of like if if it was if this was Theresa may for example we would be like oh my god but again if, if we if this was a similar situation with boris boris johnson but there you go um and i and i think that is an interesting thing about politics is that depending on the person and what comes about it's surprising what people can get away with yeah definitely um and who do you think's gonna or what do you think's gonna come out on top Callum? um i think just because obviously probably a majority of our listeners are from the uk i'm gonna say conservatives winning a majority what about you i'm gonna say the growth of essential rebellion Oh, very interesting. I know. Right. OK, so remember, you can vote on this poll at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. And the question is, what was the most shocking moment of 2019? Uh, and the options were the start of Donald Trump's impeachment, the growth of this interim rebellion or the Conservatives winning a majority. And we'll be back after this break. <laughs> Hello 
and welcome back. So before that break, we asked the question, what was the most shocking moment of 2019? And to find out the results of that, please go out to our Twitter page. That's at Wiz Radio. Right then, time to move on to our fourth and final discussion of this evening. And we're asking the question, will you be going out to celebrate New Year's Eve? So obviously, New Year's Eve and going out, potentially drinking, shall we say, uh, have become somewhat synonymous. But there has been a growth of, as we've seen previously on our show, a lot of younger people deciding that they don't want to drink alcohol in general and, and go out to the, in the same way that maybe past generations would have done. Uh, so we want to see whether or not that transpires into a lot of more people not going out to celebrate New Year's Eve. But before I pose that to the listeners, I've got to pose it to George. So George, will you be going out to celebrate New Year's Eve? I don't know, Callum. Will I be going out to celebrate New Year's Eve? Because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know if it's anything's happening, George, to be honest with you. I mean, I mean terrible. I, the, the reason that I posed this question was because I knew it was going to be one of the ways that Callum and I would sort out whether we were going out or not. Because um, I'd Get, get him have a kick up the backside to uh, organise something because Callum never organises anything. Oh, George, um, George, we will we'll, <laughs> we'll fall out if you say that again, blimey. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, but I I don't know. I would like to go out. I would definitely like to go out. Um, we are very not limited, but there are only a few options that we can have in our lovely little um, district of Thanet. Um, but. I will definitely be pushing the idea to be going out to uh, my friends, um, but we, we will have to wait and see whether I, I do end up going out or whether I just have a night in uh, in bed watching films. Um, what about you? Um, yeah, so I plan to go out uh, to celebrate New Year's Eve, um, but I've got to say, I don't really want to go out, truthfully. Um, as I said to you a few, a few months back, I think it was... I'd much rather just like order a Chinese or an Indian or or a takeaway in general. Yeah. Um. And and just sit in, have a maybe have a few beers and just have a have a chat for New Year's. Watch watch some TV or films or whatever. Um. You know, I I think that sounds much nicer um, for New Year's Eve than than going out where it's ever so crowded and and it's just it's always the most overrated night of the year ever i can't remember i've ever since i was a child anyway i can't remember actually having a good new year's eve or such like they've been fine i've not hated new year's eve or anything like that but it's just it's just a really crowded night out really um and and i do wonder how many people go out because of that kind of peer pressure um of you it's socially as i alluded to um in the introduction i think it's really socially um accepted and it's the social norm that you do um go out on new year's eve um really i think certainly once you've turned a certain age it's it's just expected that you would go out 
Um, I mean, do you think there's a case of that, George, that, that peer pressure is one of the reasons why New Year's Eve continues to be one of the most crowded nights of the year? Oh, absolutely. I think that especially the younger generations, when you when you first turn 18, it's like this massive hype of, oh, my word, I can go out for New Year's Eve, yeah. oh, my word, yay. Um, and it's, it's not really, because uh, you don't want to get to the point where you're so drunk that you can't actually remember midnight coming in because then there's no point going out really because yeah. that's the whole point of going out um and it, it and then but then you also have the the other option where you go out and don't drink too much and then it's just such a boring wait standing around listening to absolutely awful music yeah. um waiting for midnight to come about see a couple of fireworks and go well i'll go home then shall i and it's like oh great um <laughs> i sound like such an old fart um but it's it's yeah i definitely think there is a lot of pressure there um and as you get older it just becomes more and more the norm just to stay in with your slippers on with a takeaway yeah yeah no i mean that that sounds absolutely delightful george as you as you know i mean have you um ever got so drunk or maybe just missed uh, the actual new year's eve moment you know where everyone goes five four three two one happy new year uh, I don't know why I needed to explain that. Um, yeah, thanks, mate. Just in case people can't count. <laughs> um, but but have you ever missed that moment? I don't. I don't genuinely don't think I have. Um, no, I I've always been up for it. Uh, definitely in my obviously latter years of my life. Um, not when I was a baby. Uh, uh, Always definitely been there and always definitely been involved in everything. But um, I don't think I've ever missed it. Have you missed it, Callum? Have you had an early night once? I've never really truly missed it, but I have been so drunk. I'm not encouraging drinking listeners, um, but I have been so drunk before that it just all of a sudden crept up on me that it was the New Year's Eve moment. And I didn't actually, at the time it happened, I didn't realise it was. I don't know, I thought people were doing a dress rehearsal or something for it. Um, because was this I, last year? <laughs> um, well, I did get quite drunk then. Yeah, I did last year. <laughs> I did last year as well. I wasn't actually thinking of that. It was in the Royal that it happened in Ramsgate. Oh, um, right. yeah. But no, last year, <laughs> I think I missed it as well. I think I was outside actually last year, so I did actually truly miss it last year. So it's not very good. Don't drink, on. kids, is basically the... Uh, the outcome of that and again i sound really old saying that <laughs> <laughs> you are um just before we go to this song right george do you reckon that the listeners will be going out to celebrate new year's eve i hope so because a lot it will be a lot of the um a lot of the listeners probably will be the first year that they are able to go out so i do hope they can go out and enjoy it um just be careful and don't drink too much yeah yeah and always um if you are drink and just keep an eye on your drink really i think as well don't ever just leave it and if you do just leave it don't drink it then after that i'd say as well uh, you can never <laughs> be too careful george uh right then uh, we've reached time for our final song break of this evening but don't forget to vote on this poll will you be going out to celebrate new year's eve you can do that at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen and we'll be back very soon Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So before the break, we asked, will you be going out to celebrate New Year's Eve? 
And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page, that's at WizRadio. Right then, we've uh, reached the time to end the final show of 2019. So thanks very much for listening to this episode of To Be Discussed and all of the other episodes throughout the year. We hope you've really enjoyed it. So as mentioned earlier, for the first segment of next week's show, we'd like you to send in your opinions on the following question. Has To Be Discussed with Cup and Go, which is the show you're listening to right now, helped <laughs> broaden your political viewpoint? Um, and you can do that by sending us an e- email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or through Twitter. That's at wizardradio. So remember, that question is, has To Be Discussed helped broaden your political viewpoint? And as always, we are very much looking forward to hearing your opinions in 2020. Um but it is now time for Callum and I to be signing off for um, 2019. And I just quickly want to say thank you so much to everyone that has supported um, To Be Discussed for the last um, year. I really hope you've enjoyed the show. And Callum and I, as always, absolutely love um, doing the show. And it's been a great year for us. And I hope 2020 brings even more greatness uh, for our show and for you listeners as well but i hope you all have a very very lovely new year but as always i have been the hoping 2020 i've just had too many 20s there george <laughs> Orange cup <laughs> and i've been callum Gurr, um and uh, i'd like to echo what george says thanks so much for listening everyone and also um thanks for james for you know giving us that opportunity many years back and continuing to give yes. us opportunities going forward uh, we'll be back next week for, or in 2020 for another episode of To Be Discussed. Goodbye, guys. For now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.